Hello, and welcome to Where the People Aren't. I'm Allie. And I'm Jessie. Today we are talking about Tangled. Tangled. Do you remember when Tangled came out? According to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> 2010, which doesn't feel like it was that long ago that no. this movie came out, but apparently it was literally almost 10 years ago. Your facts? Picture it. Picturing. It's 2010. The biggest hit of the year was Need You Know... Not Need You Now, which is what it probably should be named. Need You Know by Lady Antebellum, who tried to change their name to Lady A, because they just realized that Antebellum has racial connotations. If you pick a racist name for your band... Just start fresh. You're stuck. You're stuck with it. No, you live your life in shame with your racist name. No, you know what? I want to give people the chance to learn and change. Changing it to Lady A does not remove the racial connotations. Pick a new name. It also is a bad look considering they took the same name as a black woman. Her stage name huh. was Lady A. That Shocking. was a big thing. Yeah, I know. That still seems pretty racist. It's like the Dixie Chicks dropped Dixie. Now they're just the Chicks, which is kind of dumb. That is kind of dumb. But but at least they like dropped the Dixie. At least they're coming back. Like Scumps of the Dixie Chicks, because they had a real rough couple of years Ten there. years, yeah. They did yeah. great. Goodbye Earl is still a banger. Yeah. It's a great song. The biggest movie of the year, the most successful blockbuster was Toy Story 3. I don't remember much about it. I do remember the ending and that the ending made me cry. Was that the one where they almost like die in an incinerator? Yeah. They almost get burnt up. Yeah. That one was pretty sad. I don't, I don't think I ever saw the fourth one though. The fourth one we saw in theaters. I don't know. I liked it. I don't know if Will liked it. It was very much an existential crisis movie. Was it? Because the whole concept is there's this, this new toy Forky, who's just like a garbage fork. Right. And he wants to go back into the garbage is where he wants to go because like his, his purpose was to be created. That was his purpose. So he's like ready to die. You know what? Good for Forky for knowing his place. Yeah, it was, but it was very much an existential dread movie about like, what do you do when your life's purpose has been fulfilled, but you are still alive. (laughs) (laughs) It was... Kind of I will deep. say some kid making a toy out of a spork is legit the most genuine kid thing that's yeah, ever happened in a that's Disney movie. Very much a child a child thing to do. No, I love this spork. I put googly eyes on it. <laughs> the tenth deadliest earthquake in history occurred in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, on January twelfth. It clocked in at seven point zero magnitude, and it claimed more than three hundred and sixteen thousand lives. Yikes. I have to have some bummer facts in there, or it's not your facts it's not your your style if you don't have some bummer news in other earthquake news on the following month on february 27th an 8.8 magnitude earthquake hit the coast of central chile this one killed 525 people and caused an estimated this is the estimation i found between 15 and 30 billion dollars in damage nude green leaves and bust by pablo picasso sold at auction Probably Sotheby's, I would guess. Sotheby's, Sotheby's? Sotheby's. Sotheby's. For $106.5 million, it set a world record at the time for the sale of a work of art. So I had never heard of this painting, so I clicked on the Wikipedia entry about it, and I kind of fell down a little bit of a Picasso hole. The painting features Picasso's muse and laver, Marie-Therese Walter. Okay. Picasso was 45 when they began their relationship, and guess how old she was? Oh, I'm guessing pretty fucking young. She was 17, Jesse. She Jesus was 17 Christ. years old, and he was married. Of course he was. 
So I'm he, done idolizing gross white guys. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm over it. I don't have an ear also, for that song anymore. Also, the idea that art is selling for that much money is stupid. It does seem kind of pointless after like, a certain number. Rich yeah. art fa- like people drive me crazy because they're just like, it's just the prestige of spending that much money on a piece of art. It's stupid. One of my favorite, favorite things is documentaries about art forgers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because rich art people deserve to get forgeries. If you're willing to shell out $70 million for something, it's funny when it's a fake. Sorry. It's really funny. Like, especially if when you're willing to shell that out for some pigments on canvas. Like, get right. over yourselves, people. Oh, I'm so, not done with my Picasso forgers, facts yet. He gets worse. I know, but I art forgers are my favorite type of criminal. Like, there's, I can't remember this guy's name, but there's a guy who made, I think he was doing Rembrandt's or Renoir's, one of the two. But instead of making, like, actual copies of existing paintings, he just did things that were in the style of these painters. Okay. And they were just being passed off as, like, discovered paintings. Because, obviously, like, these people, who knows where all the paintings are. And he was just, like, selling them. Yeah. And, like, they would fake old photos to oh, make it seem funny. like it was legitimate. So like there's like one where his like they've got the painting on the wall and his wife is dressed up in like clothes and they took it with like an old camera and they distressed the photo to make it look like this was a painting that had existed for a very long time. See, that in its of itself is a work of art. It's fucking genius. Yeah. Love it. Anyway, sorry. Please continue with your Picasso facts. So he was married while this was happening. He Gross. then left Marie Therese when she had their kid. Sure. Because he lost interest and he hooked up with somebody else. So Picasso was an asshole. Clearly. I feel like I knew that. I know that he used to sign checks. He would write checks a lot because he knew people wouldn't cash them because they wanted his signature. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's also kind of smart, though. Like, if you're going to. I mean, yeah. You know. You know what? That's fair. That's just working the system, baby. But anyway, I'll talk more about this on my podcast. Picasso was an asshole. Just me complaining about Picasso. Instagram launches. I didn't realize that Instagram oh, was that old. Me either. Instagram launches is the only social media that I use. I don't use it that much, but I don't like it. It paves the way for more unrealistic body expectations, and it gives the Kardashians a platform, so Instagram can go fuck itself. I mostly just look at pretty yarn. That's fair. And I, I buy a lot of 99% yarn. of what I look at on Instagram are pictures of tweets because I don't want to go to Twitter. That's fair. Twitter's the worst. I don't know how it works. It frightens me. I'm like an old person trying to learn new technology. So I just let the kids do the work for me and I look at their cultivated, selected tweets. That's all I want. Please, Gen Z, tell us how to. Do <laughs> Please. I also love your TikToks, but I'm not going to download it. Germany makes the final reparation payment for World War One. I. I don't have any more details. I couldn't find any. I don't even know who they paid or how much they owed. I just know that Germany pays its debts, but very, very slowly. Well, I mean, they also had to rebuild their country, so. Yeah, but, you know, Germany. I, I'm very curious as to who they're... I'm assuming they're paying to other countries for, like, shit that they bombed. Everything. If they just paid off World War One. Have they even started World War II yet? Well, maybe maybe they're 10 years into World War II. Oh, Working man. On it. Working off that debt? You go, Germany. Do your best. And on November 24th, just as important as Germany making its final reparation payment for World War I, the eighth highest grossing film of the year, Tangled, was released. It's also the 50th animated feature from Disney. So when I watched it, I did see that it had that animation, and I was actually going to look up to see if that's if that was accurate. 
So yeah, in, in the opening credits, there's an animation that says 50th production. Yeah. It was the 50th animated feature from Disney. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. It was directed by Nathan Greno and Byron Howard. The music was done by the ever-fabulous Alan Menken. Mm-hmm. When the kingdom's most wanted and most charming bandit, Flynn Rider, hides out in a mysterious tower, he's taken hostage by Rapunzel, a beautiful and feisty tower-bound teen with 70 feet of magical golden hair. Flynn's curious captor, who's looking for her ticket out of the tower where she's been locked away for years, strikes a deal with the handsome thief, and the unlikely duo sets off on an action-packed escapade, complete with a super cop horse, an overprotective chameleon, and a gruff gang of pug- pub thugs. I like the idea of them being pug thugs. <laughs> pug thugs would be way better. So finding a synopsis of this movie that actually kind of encompassed the movie was really fucking hard. Even that one seemed pretty even heavily this one's favored not for Flynn. Well, like, it doesn't even mention, like, Gothel at all. Yeah, the mom situation. So the Google synopsis that I started with literally says he's a prince. Like, did you even watch the movie? He's Come on. Prince at the end. And then, like, the IMDb one is really bad, too. This one was from Rotten Tomatoes, and it's okay. It's a little flowery, but <laughs> whatever. You don't get to hear the words overprotective chameleon too often, though. Or super cop horse. Super cop horse. <laughs> <laughs> the robocop of the horse world. The robocop. It had an estimated budget of $260 million. It's a lot of money. Which would make it the most expensive animated film ever made, and one of the most expensive of any type. Hmm. The most expensive is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Haven't is seen that the it fourth yet. one? Is that the one with the crabs? Followed no. by three Avengers movies. I think that was Dead, Dead Man's Chest. I don't know. The There's so one. many I don't of them know. now. I know. We talked about this when we did the Pirates episode. I've only seen the first three, and I only saw the last two like once. I saw... Oh, that's right. There was a fifth one. They're making another one. Shit, that's yeah. a lot of movies. We gotta I know. catch up. It had a box office of five hundred and ninety-one point eight million dollars. So, like, kind of made back what two and a half times what it. That's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. It has a seven point eight out of ten on IMDb and eighty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The super scientific Google Yes No has it at ninety-two percent, and Metacritic had it at seventy-one percent. Oh, that's kind of low. Yeah, you know, and I was looking at some of the reviews and stuff that we that came out, and I remember thinking, like, oh, this is a great movie and a big mm-hmm. movie, and, like, everyone loved it. But apparently there were a lot of critics who were like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, Will said that he didn't remember this one doing very well. He kept comparing it to Frozen, and he's saying it just didn't have the impact that Frozen did. And I'm like, well, that's true. It sure. wasn't quite as, like, culturally iconic as Frozen turned out to be, but... See, I don't know. I feel like it was, because, like, Abby fucking loved this movie. Yeah. We watched this movie... A lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this was basically the like predecessor to Frozen. Yeah, I think so. We get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, won some awards. Won a Grammy for the best song for I See the Light. It won a 3D Creative Arts Award for the Floating Lantern scene. It was a Top Box Office Film Award for the ASCAP. Another best song. Another original song. People liked the song. They liked that song? Quite a bit. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You can dive into some origins. You ready for my essay? I am really excited. I haven't opened that file. I opened it and then I decided not to read it because I wanted to experience this for the first time. You ready for some good old origin story? I'm, me and my kombucha are are awaiting. We're back to a good old Grimm Brothers based Disney movie. Mm. 
Tangled is based fairly loosely on Rapunzel. It was published in the original 1812 Children's and Household Tales by the Grimm Brothers, and like previous ones we've talked about, went through some revisions before the most common version was published in 1857. That seems to be like when they nailed down a lot of it, because I feel like we had that same dates with the Snow White one, too. That's a long time to revise. It's like 30 years. It is. Years. Yeah. Okay. An important note before we begin here, Rapunzel basically means lettuce. The name? Yeah. In, in, in German, German, it basically means lettuce. Oh, we'll that's get weird. So not the most inspired naming choices of the world. So a man and a woman wished for a child, but weren't having any luck. The woman prays to the good Lord to fulfill her wish. One day, she looks out the window at a garden of a sorceress and sees some Rapunzel, there's the lettuce, and <laughs> has to have it. She literally tells her husband she'll die if she doesn't get it. Wow. Seems extreme, but okay. He just believes her. Like, instead of being like, lady, chill. Yeah. He's like, yeah, obviously you're going to die if you don't get this lettuce. Happy wife, happy life. So he sneaks into the garden and steals some. This woman isn't that grateful. She makes a salad and eats it, and then she demands more of it. Listen, bitch, why don't you go over there yourself and get it? Right? Why don't you steal your own neighbor's lettuce? And of course, he goes back to steal it and gets caught by the sorceress. Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just ask if he could buy some? Yeah, that probably like, could have circumnavigated this whole like, drama. Look, my wife's pregnant and she really wants your fucking lettuce. What can I give you okay. for it? <laughs> but no, instead, let's steal it and, you know, piss off a sorceress. So the sorceress yeah, a sorceress. is like... Sorceress. Smart. Sorceress. Yeah, right? Like, come on, buddy. So the sorceress is like, you can have all of the Rapunzel you want, but I get the kid your wife is going to have. And he just agrees to this? This guy's an idiot. I am already not on, on this guy's side at all. Right? Like, he's just like, yeah, obviously I'm going to get all of this lettuce for my wife, but then you could just have the kid that we've been working to have for years? Come on, bud. I need that that picture of Trump saying, like, this is the worst the worst trade in, like, the history of negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> so the wife pops out a kid, and the sorceress shows up, names her Rapunzel because she's bad at names, and takes her away. Rapunzel becomes the most beautiful child. Someone maybe should have looked into the Grimm Brothers because there's a lot of beautiful children happening in these stories, and it's creepy. Look, the Grimm Brothers had a weird relationship. If you can write about how many dead kids are in these things. Look, I'm saying that there's some serious pedophilia issues here and that the Grimm Brothers maybe weren't that great. No, they were. I mean, obviously, there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So at 12, the sorceress locks her in a tower without doors or a stairway. <laughs> what if she has to be? <laughs> <laughs> the sorceress gets up the tower with the infamous words, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Of course, what's a grim story without a prince? Mm-hmm. So a few le- years later, this puts Rapunzel at maybe 15. Let's keep that in mind. Gotta get him young. Maybe 15, because she's 12 when she goes in the tower. A couple years later, she's maybe 15. I am starting to get a real Jeffrey Epstein vibe from this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) The prince is just wandering around the forest, and he hears Rapunzel singing a song so beautiful he has to figure out who's singing. He comes back every day, and he finally catches the sorceress calling to Rapunzel to let down her hair. What a fucking weirdo. Comes back every day? All of these princes are big weirdos. creeps. He comes back that night and calls out, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair, and he climbs right up. Rapunzel is scared of him at first, I would assume because she's never seen a boar before, right. but he wins her over with his friendly manner. Do we know how old he, he is? Is he an appropriate Well, he's age? probably older. There's no age given, of course, because it doesn't matter, because, you know. I'm going to pretend he's younger. He's like 13, what? so this is less weird. Okay. Works for me. (laughs) He comes back and he asks her to marry him. And she's like, hmm, he seems better than Frau Gothel. And she says yes. 
Gothel means godmother. Oh, that's it. So, that's, so her that name was is... an interesting thing that, like, I, I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, did they just use the same name from the Grimshaw? Okay. No, it just means godmother. So, like, all right, cool. She So Rapunzel tells the prince to bring back a strand of silk every night and she can make a ladder. Why you didn't just have this asshole bring you a rope, I will never understand. Yeah. Like, you had to make yourself a fucking ladder out Drama of silk? Drama queen. Bitch, come on. The sorceress is not aware of this happening, obviously, until Rapunzel, in true dumb bitch fashion a la Snow White, asks why she is so much harder to pull up than the prince. This is why your parents gave you away for some lettuce. <laughs> Seriously. So this is one of the big differences between the 1812 version and the 1857 version. In the 1812 version, what Rapunzel says to the sorceress is, tell me why it is that my clothes are all too tight. What? Bitch is knocked up. No. Yes. No. Her clothes don't fit because she's no, preggers. I refuse to believe that that's something that they wrote. But it seems like the Grimm brothers took out any salacious or sexual references as they updated their tales. Oh, yeah. So they wouldn't want to be weird. No more reference. Well, I mean, I think there's some of the other ones, too, that I feel like there's some real, like, edgy things in there that get taken out by the time the well, 1857 one comes. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to us doing Sleeping Beauty because I know in the original one, she wakes up with twins suckling at her breast because that dude fucking raped her in her sleep. Yep. So in this version, she's not saying that she's pregnant, but we'll get there. Anyway, so the sorceress is pissed off, chops off her hair, and abandons her in the wilderness where she suffered greatly. And that's all we get about her time in the wilderness. She's off in the wilderness. She had a bad suffering. time. She's having a rough time. Then the sorceress ties the hair to a hook at the top of the tower. And why didn't Rapunzel just do this with the prince to get out? Like, I don't think she's very smart. She's not. She's a dumb bitch. Like Snow White. <sighs> And when he, so the prince comes back and he calls up to Rapunzel to let down her hair and he climbs up and the sorceress just starts like berating him and telling him that he, Rapunzel is gone and he'll never see her again. He's, she's basically yelling at him like, come on, you idiot. And instead of doing anything sensible, what he does is throw himself out the window. Yeah, he was there to get laid. Now you yelled at. He falls into thorns and he gets his eyes scratched out. My eyes. This is 100% why I want to do the origin story because his eyes get scratched out. Even Will was like, doesn't something happen with someone's eyes in the original? I was like, I think so. His eyes get scratched out by thorns. Yeah. So then he proceeds to wander the forest, eating grass and roots and wailing for years until he just happens to wander into the wilderness that Rapunzel is living in. And this is a quote from it. She's living miserably with the twins she had given birth to. So like they take out the like pregnancy line, but still have her have kids. Or they were like just trying to bypass the the pregnant part, I guess. But then the kids like never get mentioned again, so I don't know. Okay, because like they just never... so he hears her voice. Rapunzel recognizes him, and her tears magically heal his eyes. Oh, cool! He takes her to his kingdom, where they are received with joy and live for a long time. There is no mention of the twins being brought to the castle, so maybe they just abandoned them in the wilderness. Maybe she ate them. Maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, she was living miserably with them. Like, what a Post postpartum she depression is hard enough for you. You're not living in the forest. Yeah. So while Tangled is technically based on the Grimm Brothers story, it sounds like this was one of those stories that had been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. One of the earliest versions of it in print is an Italian story called Petrosanella from 1630s. This one means little parsley. What the fuck is going on <laughs> with the the flora? Names? I don't know. The story has ogre, an ogre's garden that the mother takes parsley from, and the ogre is going to claim the child on her seventh birthday. So instead of taking her like right from the bat, she lives with her family for a little yeah, while. Yeah, she doesn't want to deal with diapers. So the ogre sees the I mean, legit. 
The ogre sees the girl. She's going to school every day, and she tells her to remind her mother about her promise. And the mother gets so sick of hearing this that she tells the girl to tell the ogre to take it. Hilarious. So the ogre steals the kid. And then it sounds like very... the ogre was just gifted the kid. You're Basically. fucking shut the fuck up and take her. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Same thing. She lowers <laughs> the hair, meets the prince, but instead of getting caught by the witch or the ogre, I guess, they run away and they fight the ogre as they go. So it's a little more adventure story. Uh, there are a couple more Italian versions and some French ones. And interestingly, none of the other ones that I read have any sort of pregnancy in them. So that, the again, the grooms were just kind of messed up. They just liked the idea of like a pregnant teenager. Apparently. Maybe mm. they knew a lot of those. It's pretty not cool. Pretty not cool. Pretty uh, I found it grim. really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I found it really interesting when I read the Grim Brothers version how very different it is from Tangled. Rapunzel does heal Eugene with her tears, which is a pretty significant mm -hmm. similarity to the Grimm story. But other than that, it's pretty wildly different. There's some superficial similarities, but it's, you know, names, her hair, and the tower. In the story, she's not a princess. Her mother isn't dying. There's no magic flower. And obviously, there's a prince in pregnancy out of wedlock. But reading some of the other versions of the stories, there are a little more similarities, a little more adventure story, I guess, than the Grimm one. But Rapunzel, I guess, is just such an iconic story that you put a girl in a tower with long blonde hair and everyone just accepts it, even if it goes off the rails. Well, this, I've talked about this before, and it, it'll come up more and more as we do these like classic stories and ones that are based on myths. So like, God forbid, when Hercules, when we finally tackle Hercules. Oh, I'm not ready for that. And you're a bottle and a half of wine in so you can get through it. Yep. Disney picks the weirdest stories to adapt because to make them kid-friendly, they have to alter them so dramatically. Like so dramatically. The Little Mermaid didn't end with Ariel turning into Seafoam and being washed out to sea because right. she couldn't make the prince love her. Like The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the book ends with him disappearing and never being heard from again. Yeah. Or the I think the original was him like going to the tomb with Esmeralda and just like dying. Like, it's why just, are you picking these stories? Just, just, just do make up your. She's like Moana. Do like a million Moanas. Just make up your own thing or like a play on mythology or something. But don't like take these established stories and then have to sugar like sugar them down. Sugarcoat, sugarcoat them. Uh, yeah, mix my, my mixed metaphors. <laughs> sugar them. Down. Don't watercoat them. <laughs> it's just very weird to me that that's something that is so has been so consistent with Disney for decades. Yeah. Yeah, it's odd. I don't know. Like, I get that it's kid movies and you feel like you have to, like, make them kid-friendly. Sure. But do a Bluebeard. I want, I've wanted to see an animated musical version of Bluebeard my entire life. I started writing one when I was a teenager. Really? Uh, yeah. I want that so badly, but no one has the stones to do it. All right, Disney, if you're listening, maybe you're one of our, like, five listeners. This is my challenge to you, Disney. So in 2001, supervising animator Glenn Keane pitched the idea of Tangled to Michael Eisner. Eisner approved the idea, but wanted it to be CGI. The studio was really pushing to move to CGI at this point and away mm -hmm. from hand animation. Keane didn't think that CGI was as fluid or as organic as traditional animation. Yeah, this wasn't Pixar, too. This is a... This is actually a Disney one. Yeah, this is just Disney not associated with Pixar, but it it had not the same feel, but because it was CGI, it, it was didn't similar. It didn't feel as clean of mm -mm. animation not as at all. a Pixar movie does. Not, there wasn't nearly as much depth as Pixar movies have, I would say. I don't know. I think I, I get into some of the depth stuff later. It's they were They played very intentionally with the depth on stuff mm -hmm. sometimes, so... 
Um, it was originally, so it originally was supposed to be like, just, it was going to be a dramatic Rapunzel story, like a la all the classics mm-hmm. of Disney stuff. And then it got retitled to Rapunzel Unbraided, which- It's a bad name. It was a terrible name. It was an Eisner idea. He mm-hmm. wanted to make it like start in modern day San Francisco and have the heroine transported back. And there was like, I don't know, it was very complicated. I found some blog post about it and like there was Rapunzel and Bo was her prince. So, like he was an actual like prince and they got turned into a dog and a squirrel. And then this girl and her friend from San Francisco get transported back and it got all weird and complicated. Needless to say, that didn't happen. I'd be happy never seeing another animated squirrel the rest of my life. Yep, I'm with you. We've had too many squirrels. That idea of somebody being either taken out of the modern day and transported back to like fairy tale times or vice versa. I mean, that was the whole concept behind Enchanted. When did Enchanted happen? When was that one? I want to say 2009. Okay. But let me look Because I did see a number of things that were like calling it a, it was like this idea was going to be an, oh, it was 2007. Was it really? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. There was a couple of references as being like a spiritual successor to Enchanted and like, no, I'm really glad that we did not do that because yeah, I, I, I don't need that. I don't think I liked Enchanted that much. <sighs> I'm always retired because everyone's like, oh, Enchanted is so great. And I, I've seen it like once or twice. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. I'm not but a big Amy, Amy Adams, Adams fan. Either. Yeah. I have a hard uh, time with her. Except for that one movie. Thank Which you. one? Yeah, watching down all the time. I can't help it. I don't, I don't know, know why. I don't know what's going on in your brain with that one. I don't either. Doesn't she leave Adam Scott? Yeah, but Adam Scott's a real dick in that movie. But she's Adam for the, Scott, like rugged Irish guy. Which I'm sorry, that Adam Scott too. has his face. Yeah, so does the Irish guy. Did you see his face? Come on, and he's got an accent. Ninety percent of why I keep watching that movie is because they all have Irish accents. Okay, no. I love it. Anyway. So it was Rapunzel Unbraided, and then the title got changed to Tangled to be more gender neutral. Hmm. And apparently there was a lot of backlash from, like, journalists about this. As there should have been. It's bullshit. Really? Because I don't mind. I think it's fine. Like, whatever. Pick a name. Who cares? But there were a bunch, a bunch of backlash from reviewers ranging from dumbing down the title to sexism. Justin Chang of Variety compared it to changing The Little Mermaid to Beached. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Margot McGowan of the San Francisco Chronicle considered it gender discrimination, writing, can you imagine if Disney switched a movie title so it wouldn't risk highlighting a male star? I read that the first trailer for this that was released made it look more like an action adventure movie that focused almost entirely on Flynn. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't remember so any of those. Maybe that was part of I don't remember that either. That, that makes her I read about it a little legit. Yeah, I think that that's more what they're talking about. Like it was, It's kind of like how J.K. Rowling went by J.K. Rowling and not Joanne because right. they didn't think that boys would read a book written by a female author. God. Little did they know. Anyway. Y'all burn the patriarchy down. Gen Zers, yeah. if you're listening, please, please save us all. With your TikToks. With your TikToks. Have you seen the soup for my family thing? No. Did you get, this was a Trump thing in like July or something. It just got totally missed because so much other shit was happening. Soup for my family? He, his argument was that people were taking cans of soup to throw at protests because okay. bricks were too heavy. This is something that Trump said? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there, he, his, his thinking was that then they could be like, oh, it's just soup for my family. Did he tell people to do that? No, he was saying that's what all of like oh. the protesters were doing. I'll wow. find there's a TikTok of these two girls that do it. And it's really fucking. We funny. sure are awful people, aren't we? Bringing we're so awful. Kansas soup. I the, I just read about there was a rally last night in like Utah or Wyoming, yeah. and the trucks, the buses like wouldn't take people back. They took people to the rally, so there were oh Trump God. supporters stranded for hours. 
Good. And a bunch of them were hospitalized. And I was like, oh, you know, you deserve it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's where we are now. A lot of the arguments that I saw from, like, Disney people about why they changed the title is because it be- kind of became more of a dual star kind of movie. So Flynn yeah. and Rapunzel were both very important to the story. Yeah. To make it the title more reflect what the movie, which I think is fair. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, because it is role. very much a dual sort of movie. It's not just about Rapunzel. Right. Uh, the movie got delayed a number of times in order to give them time to work out the story. And this is where we went through like the whole modern day San Francisco yeah. thing and stuff. And it was getting, the project actually got shut down, but then Eisner was kicked out and I... Iger came in and then John Lasseter and Ed Catmull were put in charge of the studio in 2006 and they asked Glenn Keane to keep working on it. John Lasseter must be so fucking rich. God, right? So rich. Also kind of the worst. Yeah, probably. More. So Keane was originally directing the film with Dean Wellens, but they had to step down due to other commitments. And I believe I read that Keane had a heart attack. Oh, geez. Like, you know, priorities shifted. That's fair. And that's when they were replaced by Byron Howard and Nathan Greno. Nathan Greno, during an interview, said that one of the mo- the difficult aspects of the film's development was just the plot itself. And like we kind of touched on this earlier with how it's about Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. Mm-hmm. And he was concerned that the the, the whole plot was going to be just getting Rapunzel out of the tower. And then Which like to having be fair, a- that's what the Grimm story is. is exactly. Get her out of the tower. And after get her that, out of the like, tower. And oh, and then they found each other in the wilderness. Be, over, be miserable. Yeah. Be a miserable single mom in the woods eating nuts and berries. So they had to figure out a way to have an actual movie beyond her escaping the tower maybe having her getting out of the tower be like a um a catalyst for the rest of the movie so escaping the primary antagonist mother gothel mother godmother had to be the halfway point (laughs) so they needed to figure out a specific goal for the for the characters to be trying to achieve and animator john rippa was the one who came up with the idea for the floating lanterns and that became really the primary objective of of the characters of the whole plot so i thought that Mm -hmm. was interesting how they were like they acknowledged like okay we have like a a foundation here based on a creepy grim's tale but if we did this movie it would be like 15 minutes long yeah coming back to your argument of like picking weird stories to do like if you're not gonna do the pregnancy route or the scratching his eyes out Mm -hmm. there's not much to do in this story no there's not like you're taking all the good stuff taking out the good parts then what nothing uh zachary levi auditioned for the part of flynn rider and got it with an english accent i read that and apparently he was asked to not do it (laughs) And then he recorded some of his dialogue, and they were like, can you not do that? I wonder if, like, Mandy Moore couldn't pull off an English accent, and they were like, no, we can't do this. Yeah, that would be a good point. I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm glad they did Because I think that. it'd be weird if one of them had an English accent and the other didn't. Extremely. It would be extremely weird. Extremely weird. Um, There was a whole, there's a whole section on Wikipedia about how Mandy Moore had to audition for this and stuff, and like. Yeah, they made her work really hard. Of information, but like, th- I think this is kind of a change because I don't know if this is the first movie they do it in where the leads are actually doing their own singing. Because so um, many of the other, like the Renaissance Disney movies, the singing voice is a different person. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Little Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Hercules. Isn't Jasmine a different, two different people? Jasmine is different and Pocahontas is different. Mulan is two different people. Yeah, I think one is Leah Salonga. Okay, well, it's like half and half. Okay, but so like, I guess, yeah, I guess for me, it was like, oh, this is a thing. Because like, apparently, like, they had a ton of people audition for Rapunzel. They had um, Natalie Portman, hmm. Kristen Bell, and Adina Menzel. How do you say her name? Adina Menzel. 
Indita Menzel and Reese Witherspoon, like a whole ton of people auditioned to play Funny. Rapunzel. And apparently it just made Mandy Moore's fucking day because she always wanted to be a princess. I have a soft spot for Mandy Moore. I kind of love Mandy Moore. I listened to her a lot when I was a little preteen. I never got into the music, but I was, my entire like musical upbringing was weird shit from the 70s from my dad. Mm -hmm. And then my cousin Jake, who was a couple years older than I was, listened to 93X exclusively through elementary school. Oh, hard. So I listened to a lot of that. And somehow I had a weird country phase. I, I like I some have, shitty country music. Um, I have a Garth Brooks tape for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Garth for Brooks sure. is great. I just, I don't know. I have one Zach Brown song on my playlist that my coworker played me and it's a terrible song, but it's very catchy. Everything's about the troops with these people. Everything's for yeah. the troops. Or their truck or their dog. Their truck. Uh, this one's called Chicken Fried. It's about fried chicken. That's legit. <laughs> So the actors all recorded their lines separately to avoid bleeding onto each other's tracks, which I guess is pretty common. Can't imagine how hard it is to record an entire movie not looking at your co-stars or interacting with them at all. Yeah, and they didn't even have animation to go off of. Because they didn't have any animation to go after off after of. recording. And this was particularly difficult because everyone's timing was off. So Mandy Moore was traveling internationally and she had to just carve out time wherever she could, like whatever studio was nearest her. And Zachary Levi, Levi, Zachary Levi, Levi, Zachary Levi could only record on weekends for five hours at a time, once every six weeks. What a weird schedule. And being cast in a major Disney production and then stipulating the terms of your schedule is like for real some big dick energy. Was he still doing Chuck at this point? Oh yeah, for sure. He I don't I So Chuck started in two thousand seven. I wouldn't know Zachary Levi if he bit me in the ass. So I don't even know what Chuck is. So Chuck was this thing where I don't remember the exact plot, but something about how he got some sort of special FBI thing installed in his brain by accident. Okay. And then they went for like fucking looks like seven or six seasons or something like that. Because oh. you really don't know what Zachary Levi looks like. I looked him up. He's cute as hell. He's cute. He is apparently or was at one point extremely down with Jesus. So oh well, you know how I feel about those can't people. Have everything. Um. Oh, so he so Chuck is computer geek. Chuck Bartowski opens an email that has been encoded subliminally with vital government secrets, triggering a massive download of critical information to his brain. This is such <laughs> bullshit science. No, this is just science. So then it's basically like seasons of him and his CIA agent protector doing shit. Do they fall in love? I think so. That'd be great. I think they do. Oh, I was joking. No, they I, literally do. It's, oh. it's a woman, obviously, because it'd be way better if it was like a dude, but it's not. But that's probably why he could only do it once every six weeks, because he was probably filming Chuck at the same time. So I touched on this, but Disney animated films are animated to synchronize with the dialogue. So vocals are always recorded first, which is why it was such a weird mm -hmm. thing to do. And I, I, I can't imagine that's very easy. Like, I know there's a quote from Mandy Moore about how all she had to go off of were, like, sketches. Yeah. And I'm sure that's hard, especially when you're just, like, talking into a mic in some random studio by yourself. Yeah. Um, I found this interesting because I really felt like the mouth's movements did not line up very well. Well, I guess that their experiment failed then. I guess. We, we get into animation later. We do. We'll for now. So I'm not sure how this really worked because everyone recorded their dialogue separately, but both Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi recorded their songs on a soundstage with a live 65-piece orchestra under the supervision of Alan Menken. That's legit. That's cool. Yeah. So that's like really cool, but I don't know. I don't know how that works. Well, because I, I, cause I read this thing too, and it's, I think it was to kind of get an idea of the feel yeah. of the song, because then they did individually record their stuff in like a sound booth. Right. So that it wasn't 
weird. Right. Uh, Moore, I think this was Mandy Moore's first animated role, Moore described her voice in the film as shrill, and Levi described his as incredibly nasally, so we got a couple of self-haters on our hands. <laughs> not... It's not how you hype yourself up. No. No great performance. Mencken, this is this was creepy. So of course there are always like a million songs that are written, not a million, songs that are written for the uh, films that don't make it in, they don't make the cut or whatever. Yeah. Crowd of Your Boy was the one from Aladdin. I'm sure there were others. That was the first one I thought of. 86 and the Mom. Mencken, <laughs> 86 the Mom. That's what they I'll said. Never, I will never forgive that man. Mencken said that he had written a love song for the film called You Are My Forever, and it was going to be sung in a loving, maternal way by Mother Gothel when Rapunzel was a baby, and then it was going to be revised later in the film by Flynn Rider in a romantic sense. And I think that's fucking creepy. I'm I don't like you. those lines being blurred. Nope, nope. Too creepy. So it's too creepy, and that's it's too creepy for this story that involves originally thorns plucking out eyes and teen pregnancy and lettuce and that's pretty creepy yeah no i'm with you not good this is fun this is the first disney princess movie to be rated pg why do you think it was rated pg i think it was rated pg and i actually added this after one of your notes at the end the stabbing thing the stabbing thing there's blood on him you see blood soaking into his clothing a little bit yeah i suppose okay oh i pulled this off imdb I so I saw this. This is on a Wikipedia note as well. I is almost it? I had the same note that I almost put in here, but you had already done it. I don't know if I. I don't know if I believe this. This is what it says. I'll just read the. I'll read the quote. The character design of Flynn came from the process called the Hot Man Meeting by Nathan <laughs> Greeno and Byron Howard, during which they set up a meeting with all the female employees of the studio in one room and asked them for their opinions of what made a man good-looking in order to create Flynn's character design with features such as eye color, hair color, and style, and body type. Video footage, super weird. Video footage showed concept art and photos of various male celebrities, including Johnny Depp, Hugh Jackman, Brad Pitt, David Beckham, and, G- and Gene Kelly. One of these things is not like the others on the walls of the room. I don't like anything about that. So the Wikipedia doesn't list any of like the people that they had pictures Notorious of. Notorious hottie have- Gene Kelly? No. I mean, to be fair, Gene Kelly, I would go for that. It's not bad. He's not bad looking Gene at all. Good. He was a dancer. That man is probably tight. Well, he's dead, but yeah. At the time. I mean, he was probably then. Let's change our term. But I, I think the term hot man meeting is like the funniest thing. I would think it'd be a meeting of hot men. Right? I suppose. If I, if I was invited to a hot man meeting and I went there and there were a bunch of chicks, I'd be pissed. I don't know. Maybe they're hot chicks too. We can all equally enjoy But it's everything. called a hot man. If it was called a hot a hot woman meeting, that'd be different. I would be I would be like, all right, great. Let's, let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> If I was invited to a hot woman meeting and there were a bunch of guys, I'd be like, what the fuck? This is not what I signed up for. So in the mid-2000s, there were definitely gay men in Disney who probably felt pretty left out by not getting invited to the hot man That's meeting. the other thing. Yes. God, Come on, Disney. Suck. Get your shit together. Visibility is important. The animation style was based on the traditional look of oil paintings on canvas. The paintings of Jean-Honor Frangonard, particularly The Swing, and I'll post a picture of that, was used as reference. Keen wanted a romantic and lush design. It is very lush. It is. Lots of greens. Yeah. To make it look more painted, they used a non-photorealistic rendering for the CGI. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that you get more abrupt shading and cell, almost a little bit more shell shading. So you get more, it looks more like storybook, I guess. Is It looks like paintings. It doesn't look a little bit more saturated. A little more saturated, a little more, almost a little more cartoony, I would say. Because you yeah. don't get 
like the super realistic I think that's what I meant by by it doesn't have the same depth. I think that's what I meant by it. It looks a little bit more, not blocky, but a little bit just more cartoonish. Not as yeah, many, it certainly does. Not as nuanced. And that was apparently intentional. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Glenn Keane was pretty against using CGI. He stated he was trying to make the computer bend its knee to the artist. Good luck he with wanted that. a three-dimensional drawing. And I think that's a fair thing, especially from the early 2000s, because there was that point when CGI was really kind of getting going and anything done with CGI all kind of looked the same. Yeah, a little bit. There's no like artistic nuance, though, to what they looked like. Many of the tech's techniques and tools didn't really exist when they started the project, so Disney had to create them, particularly surrounding Rapunzel's hair. Senior software engineer Kelly Ward spent six years writing programs to make the hair move the way they wanted. Maybe she wasn't very good at it if it took her that long. Hair is notoriously difficult to animate, especially when it's 70 feet of hair. I think hair is one of those things that made CGI really hard. Like it just, there's, it's the way hair moves is so hard. I yeah. know, like when they did Brave, Merida's hair was a like huge. Oh, I bet that'd be thing. a fun one to do. Yeah, I think that was a huge struggle for them to get to do what it's supposed to do because not only is straight hair hard enough, but add in a bunch of fucking curls and shit yeah. goes wild. Um, what was there was one movie? I think it was a DreamWorks movie. It had a little black girl that they did hair, and it looked so fucking good. I remember it was a fairly fairly recent dreamworks i feel like it was dreamworks i could be wrong anyway hair hard to animate how many things do you think disney's developed like technologically oh i'm sure hundreds like because so many things were like well we want to do this well it doesn't exist guess we better make it no wonder the budget for this movie was so insane like they literally developed a ton of new shit right six years just for one thing god that's a that's a long process well that's like we, we did lion king it took them two years to animate the stampede scene yeah god Ugh, I have to quit. <laughs> like, this clearly isn't going to happen in this lifetime, so I'm going to move on to a different venture. Yeah. Since the animators were not concerned about photorealism, they were able to animate the backgrounds and the depth more artistically. Robert Newman, who was the stereoscopic supervisor, said, We're using depth more artistically than ever before, and we're not as concerned with the literal transcription of depth between camera and projector as we are with the interpretation of it. They used another new technique called multi-rigging, which is made up of multiple pairs of virtual cameras focused on separate elements that are then sandwiched together for the film. Hmm. I found this kind of interesting because it kind of reminded me of the multiplane cameras that they used in Snow White. It's making me think of the same thing too, yeah. Yeah, where they had the different plates that they just filmed from above as one thing to really put in that depth. So it feels almost like, like, yes, this is a new technique for CGI, but it's it feels like it's really pulling from, you know, they're yeah, adapting an old old method. That is cool. Well, should we get into the story of this movie? I think so. Yeah. It opens with Flynn Ryder's wanted poster. And I want to know what he did to I'm assuming warrant he's a just warrant. Like thieving a lot. But that's a lot because he clearly is a very hot commodity with the guards. Maybe he's thieving a lot and he's zinging them real bad with his one liners and then Maybe just feel really butthurt about it. Knocking up princesses left and right. Well, and there are no princesses them. in this kingdom because Not she in this got kingdom, stolen. in his last kingdom. Maybe he's going around from kingdom to kingdom getting 15 year olds pregnant. This guy could be a predator. Maybe he is. He's not. We love him. We love him. So Flynn is narrating the story of the beginning and he's telling us about the magical sun drop flower. That's right. That the magical sun drop flower. And 
he tells the story about the king and queen and they're so beloved and they struggle to have a child. They finally did have... These always start with like fertility issues. Did they actually have a... I guess I didn't remember it being struggling to have a child. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe she just got pregnant. I think she just was having a rough pregnancy. So she's she's giving birth. There's a scene where she's giving birth and it's just... She's having a really difficult time. Having and a difficult labor. Everywhere. And they're just, they're surrounded by people. It's like her husband is holding her hand and trying to encourage her. And there's all these people. And it made me think of when I was watching The Tudors, which I binged for like five days and I just stopped. And there's a scene where Henry VIII's sister is married off to the king of like Portugal, I think. Yeah who's in his 70s and you're just like this old gross man and they don't speak the same language and they have to consummate the marriage and there's they close the bed curtains and there's just like the room's fucking full of people just listening to them bone for the first time Ugh. being royal is horrible can you imagine giving birth and it's just a bunch of people staring at you not doctors just like just people let's just like your 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 squad just like me and fiona standing there watching you give birth just oh, like not even saying anything just like no, nope, get lost. No, get get the hell out of here. That sounds awful. So then there's so they're having <laughs> she's having a very difficult labor. So the, and then so this is supposed to be like a secret magical flower, I'm assuming. Is it like like the implication a, that I got is that Gothel finds this flower centuries before, hundreds of years before, discovers the secret of this flower somehow. Mm-hmm. How did she find the secret of this flower? How did she, she know just the song to sing? Like who knows? Psychically learn the song to sing to make this flower do something. Anyway, so it's supposed to be a secret. She's keeping it hidden. How do they know to go find this flower? So the king is like, my wife is dying. Someone go find this fucking flower because we're gonna that we all just collectively know about. Well, I'm guessing that it was, I don't know, maybe it was like a, uh, they didn't know if it was real or not, but it was like a last ditch effort. Yeah. Some mythological thing that they decided to investigate. And so he's like, sends the guards out. The guards are all like, all right, let's tear this Not even just the guards, apart. it's like the guards and like the entire fucking village. But yeah, everyone's looking. Um, if you heard a rumor, if there was a legend that there was a magical flower with healing properties somewhere in your country, and it's been there for for generations do you think somebody would have found it i mean someone did find it and she kept it a fucking secret yes i know she kept it a secret but this isn't like a harry potter secret keeper situation where if you True. have the secret nobody else can find it yeah you think somebody else would have st- like somebody else would have found it because they when they decided to go find it they found it right and like the thing that she's hiding it with is not that great of a disguise it's like this perfectly round little hedge covering yeah it's like a little bump nothing so, about that looked natural so it should have been found way before this so the guards find the flower, they dig it up, Mother Gothel's peeking out from the back, like, oh no, my youth plant. They they bring the plant back to the castle and they make it into a tea or like a soup or a broth and they make the queen drink it and she heals. I want to know how they understand how to extract the magical properties from this plant that nobody knows anything about. Well, but obviously they the same way they know about the plant at all. Like maybe it was aliens. I, guess. I don't know. I maybe the, sp- the sun came out and was like, hey, I dropped a flower down there. Find it. Right. So the baby is born and there is a lot of hair on this baby. Can you imagine the heartburn that that woman had while she was pregnant? Can you imagine pushing out something with that much hair on no, it? No, how gross. It'd be all matted. It'd have like, ugh, ugh, ugh. just so sick. Ugh. Yeah, gross. So Mother Gothel was using the magic from this flower. She would sing to it and I guess it would blast her with a, a an air duster burst of magic and she would immediately lose like 15 years or whatever. 
how temporary is this? Because yeah, it seems really like she's question. having to go back every few days. And because yeah, I, I made literally like the same exact note. She So she does the, the flower trick right before they find the flowers. So right before the queen's about to give birth. Yes. We see the baby again and she can't be more than like four months old. I think that this was supposed to be like the next day. That's No, that baby was not a next day baby. I know it wasn't a next day baby. That's but, what I'm saying. Unless that woman was 20 months pregnant. <laughs> Like, but so like, yeah, like Gothel starts to age like real fast right away. Do you think it's one of those like diminishing returns kind of thing? Like the more she uses it, the less effective it is. It's like any drug, man. You, like you got to up your up your intake or you're going to get a, a tolerance. So Gothel comes and tries to just take a lock of the baby's hair, yeah. which you know what? If that had worked, good for you, lady. Yeah, sure. But it didn't. Obviously, it turns brown and never, ever grows again. Yeah, that's weird. That's wow, a lot of pressure. So she steals the baby and takes her to the tower and then Yeah, I feel like we I feel like this was a extreme reaction to her situation. Like Was it though? Like, I mean it's not good, but like do you think that the king and queen were gonna let her use the baby to heal herself and make her younger? No, but why are you been stealing days? a baby? That's I mean that's I mean that's it not small for like potatoes. 18 years. I guess so. So then we jump cut to Rapunzel in the tower. She's now older and has a lot of hair. I think it's supposed to be 70 feet is what they 70 said. 70 the, feet of hair. And it weighs like 10 pounds. Is the Someone did the math. Yeah, I have a thing about the math in here in a little bit. She's bored? She's, I would be too. Do you know what her yeah. three books are? Yeah, I saw that. It was like a geology book. Cooking, and... geology, and botany. I'd be bored of those three books for 18 years too. Yeah. Gothel couldn't have brought her a couple extras? I was wondering that too. You think that she would try to make this at least a little bit more comfortable? Appealing. Also, where'd she get this tower? Where does I tower mean, come from? she's a centuries old sorceress. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, I guess so. And I then guess we meet so. Pascal. I love Pascal. I think that Pascal is one of my favorite animal sidekicks in Disney. He's just he's just so cute. He's he just cute. cute. And he is a helper. And I love him. Yep. Why is there a chameleon in Germany? That's really funny because Will said the exact same thing. I just made a comment. They are the same person. Yeah, I made a comment. I was like, oh my god, I just love Pascal. And Will just goes, why is there a chameleon there? Like, <laughs> How did the chameleon get there? There's no way that a chameleon just appeared in Germany. And yeah. presumably, Pascal is a secret from Gothel. Because he, he always hides when she's there. So where did this fucking chameleon come from? I don't know. That's a great story. Where is Pascal's backstory? Give me I bet Pascal's backstory. I bet it's out there somewhere. So she's in this tower and she cleans and does all of her laundry in 15 minutes, which, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah, she seems to be on speed. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love this tower. It's a pretty great tower. I love this tower. It's beautiful. It's well lit. It's kind of gothy. It's got a spiral staircase. I'd live there right now. Yeah, so would I. It'd I'd move great. in. We find out later there are even stairs. So There are even stairs. Yeah. You don't have to climb up hair. You don't have to. Those days are over. During this montage of her getting ready, you see her utilizing her hair as a tool. Yeah. So I'm not sure how she can like manipulate it that way. And it's got to be hella enchanted because I didn't see a single split end. No. Well, and, and this I bitch kept is saying, using it for everything. I kept being like how she then Connor just kept going, it's magic hair. Yeah. I like how he injects these really useful Thanks, Connor. tidbits into that. Super yeah. helpful. Because, yeah, there's a lot of things. She catches, like, she, like, grappling hooks Pascal, and she mm-hmm. does, she uses it a lot later, too. Like, even just wrapping up Flynn when he shows up, and then mm-hmm. when they're in the snuggly duck or whatever it's called. Snuggly duckling. Snuggly duckling. And she, like, smacks one of the ruffians with a branch. Yeah. What, she seems to be able to, like, manipulate it. Huh? There are no muscles in hair. No. No. So I don't know how she's doing that. Oh, I thought you were asking me. Like, no. 
There's no, I not. know there aren't any muscles. Yeah, that would hurt if you got your hair cut then. So this is a, a trivia bit that's on IMDb. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. An average inch of hair weighs about 50 micrograms, which is one millionth of a gram. And that's okay. a light estimate as blonde hair tends to be lighter than other colors. Mm-hmm. Animators have said that Rapunzel's hair is approximately 70 feet and consists of about 100,000 strands. That yields 4,200,000,000 micrograms mm-hmm. or 4.2 kilograms, which is approximately 10.4 pounds of hair. That's not that much. I feel like it should be more, but at the same time, she does move very easily. I mean, that guy did the math. He did the math. The numbers don't lie. But Anonymous IMDb trivia commentator. Trusting with my life. I'm going to trust with my life, too. And at least the weight of my hair. <laughs> I guess hair doesn't weigh that much. No, it doesn't really weigh anything at all. So it's just, I guess it's just a lot of it. It only weighs 50 micrograms a strand. So then she's painting the lanterns above the fireplace because it's the only spot of of wall left to paint. Yeah, she's painted all the walls. Painted all the walls. Why would Gothel tell her when her actual birthday was? I've literally always wondered that since the first time I saw this movie. I was like, why would she not lie about the birthday? I would have been like, oh, those lights. No, this isn't your birthday. Your birthday is six months from now. Yeah. Your birthday's in April, you idiot. You know that. Like, why would you be like, yes, this is your birthday? The day when all the lanterns get released into the sky. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I've always thought that was really weird. Yes. Will's comment about some of the animation was that it, it reminded him a lot of Frozen. Yes. More so than the Pixar movies did. And they have like these big anime eyes. And I have to say on that note, I don't like the character's animation. I don't like the character design in this movie. I really don't like. Their eyes are too big. I don't like the eyes at all. I feel, I understand that like exaggerated features is like a staple of Disney animation, but I feel like this one went so overboard. Well, and I think they tone it back for Frozen a little bit. Mm -hmm. They still have the big eyes, but the thing that I noticed the most is that you don't get like the little like corners of the eyes in this movie at all. They're like fucking spheres Round, inside yeah. skin that's all it is there's no naturalism to it at all yeah yeah i just i just didn't i didn't care for it i felt like it wasn't as charming as maybe they were going Hoping, for yeah yeah yeah, I remember the animation being really good when it came out, but considering what we have now, it does seem a little uncanny valley. This is post Gollum. They're too smooth. Their mm-hmm. eyes are odd, like we just talked about. Um, I think the rest of the animation, though, like aside from the people characters, I feel like the animation was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. It still looks good. It still feels good. It's just the people were a little off, and her nose is a little too button. Yeah. It's like I, all I could think about was that scene in Penelope when she fixes her nose, or like she does yeah. the end, and her life was her mom. She's like, oh, just a little turn up. Like, no, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Flynn Rider doesn't have any arm hair. Maybe he doesn't have any arm hair just because he doesn't have any arm hair. Okay, but it looked weird. That's my point. Don't body shame him. He can't help how his body produces arms. I'm not arms body shaming. Hair. I'm commenting on the animation. Maybe he shaves because like he's self-conscious. Maybe he does. So then Gothel shows up and she's lifting her up with the hair. And Rapunzel's arm should be a lot beefier. She's very slight. They should be mm-hmm. a lot beefier for lifting up a lady up yeah. every single day. And Gothel proceeds to be like a terrible fucking parent. Yeah, she's mean. She's mean. bullying says she's just teasing the one thing i am gonna give gothel i hate mumbling i also hate mumbling i hate it you know what it is annoying she's right and she should say it yes 
don't mumble, say what you're trying to say so I can actually please hear you. Yes. I feel like this may be something that you've experienced before. Maybe I have experienced this with my preteen daughter (laughs) a little bit. Oh, the other note that I have here is that her intelligence has been wasted in the tower. She literally charted the stars. She's charting stars. That's pretty impressive. At 18, I I can't chart a star. I can't chart a star for shit. I think that Mother Knows Best is one of the better Disney villain songs. It's pretty great. I'm going to put it up there with Hellfire and it's very... Which one's Hellfire from? Hunchback in Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's I very, saw it like once. So. It's a good song. That's a good one. It's just very, like, um, theatrical. I saw a lot of car- comparisons between Gothel and the villain in Hunchback. Frollo. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I've only seen Hunchback, like, twice. I don't remember it very well, but I, I, can, I can see that because they both have the parental role. Yep. So I really like Mother Knows Best. I think it's a really great insight into like gaslighting and yeah, this abuse. movie is full of that. Yeah, it is. It's oh, one strange. thing that I did notice when I was watching that is that Gothel sings to the hair. Yes, she's definitely singing to the like, hair. Like all of her affection and things that she does is towards the hair. Yeah, it's creepy. It's super fucking creepy. And then our favorite issue with Disney movies: the fat shaming. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think we get anything besides this. I don't think we do either. But there's the getting kind of chubby line in that song. I am going to say that I think it's good that this was A, the only line like it in there, and B, it was said by the villain who you're supposed yep. to hate. No, that's legit. And that it was being said to someone who looks like she's about 5'3 and like 90 pounds. And so, you could break if you just looked at her wrong, yeah. Right. So it was definitely presented as a negative thing and not a, for like for comedic effect. Right. It wasn't supposed to be funny. It was it was literally mm-hmm. like this horrible thing to say to a person. Yeah, it was supposed to be like, that's a shitty thing to say to Which anybody. probably the first time we can say that about a Disney movie. I think you're right. I think this is a first. I think Because I think every time we've ever talked about this before, it's always been like, well, that was the butt of a joke great yep especially especially the older ones like from the 60s and 70s yeah connor pointed out that this is the most broadway shoot show tune of disney yeah yeah that's very, nice that it was very, very theatrical yep. and it makes sense uh donna murphy who voiced gothel is a musical theater actress yep, she's, she's been nominated actress. for like five tonys so like Amazing. this is exactly why it sounds like a broadway musical. will's comment was that it reminded him a lot of lemma's keeper of the house oh yeah what's it called is that it? I don't know. I hate Lemus. The innkeeper. The innkeeper song. Oh, shut up. I hate space. <laughs> you hate space. Master of the house. Master, master of the house. And then we cut to Flynn and the Stabbington brothers. So I love the Stabbington brothers. The Stabbington brothers are, we're assuming, twins. They're redheaded twins who are assisting Flynn in this Mission Impossible heist. And the Stabbington brothers are A, they have the best name in the world. Yes. And B, they look like the Weasley twins on steroids. C, they're voiced by Ron Perlman. They're voiced by Ron Perlman. Okay, Isn't that so funny? I, I was trying to figure this out. He's only credited as Stabbington brother, not brothers. So did only one of them speak? I don't know. I didn't notice. I didn't notice either. And I just watched this again before we got on this call. And I didn't pay enough attention to figure that out. But maybe. It's a great name. Point Stabbington is, Ron brothers. Perlman is the best Hellboy. Yes. It's great. It's a great Love Hellboy. It. Look, I know that Flynn is an animated character. Yeah. But sleeves rolled up your forearms is always going to get me. It is. Yeah. That's a good good one. Good luck. I think it activates something in like your lizard brain where like, oh, this person's about to go work hard or something. Or this person has been working hard. Well, this person has been working hard, even though he doesn't have any arm hair, but that's okay. He doesn't have any arm hair. Maybe he's working so hard he lost all of his arm hair. (laughs) It rubbed off because he's been working so hard. So they steal the crown Mission Impossible style. 
And I, I'm. This is the princess's crown. The princess's crown. The lost princess's crown, which is still being guarded so heavily, which is wild to me. Like also, the tomb of the lost soldier or whatever right? in Washington. And then he, Flynn, still can't resist those quips. Yeah. So, so he gets lower these down, is, Mission Impossible style, and he's he's, he's making quips to the yeah. guards, like you dummy, you could have gotten away with this if you hadn't made just a can't joke. Help. He can't help himself. Can't help himself. So. They make a break for it, and he does the worst thing you can do during the heist. He abandons his co-conspirators. He sure does. like, fuck you. To be fair, I'm pretty sure that was his plan from the start. Probably. So he does that. He's a two-timing asshole, and he sees his wanted poster. It's another wanted poster, like the one that we open with. And this is an ongoing gag in the movie is that his nose is never drawn correctly. It's actually a pretty funny gag. It's a pretty funny gag. And I think it's because we only ever kind of touch on it. Like, he points it out once, like, they can never get my nose right. Yes. But then every other time, it's like, oh, come on. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's funny. It's just a funny. little little throwback, yeah. So he's running, he abandons the Stabbington brothers, and he's being chased by the palace guards. And this was one of the really funny things to me, is that, the, like, the captain of the guard gives a command, and then we focus down onto the horses, and Maximus gives a command to the other horses. <laughs> I really like Maximus. He's great. I like. I think that both of these animal sidekicks are, are pretty solid in this movie. Yeah. They're pretty fun. And then they all get separated. I can't remember how they get separated, but they get separated. Uh And Maximus is chasing Flynn and they go over a cliff. And there is no way either of them survives this. Yeah, they like shimmy out onto the edge of a of a tree that's growing out of the side of a cliff and the tree breaks and they like tumble down this huge cliff. And I, I made the same note that I ended up just deleting, just like that horse is dead. And like and it's not like they land in water where you can be like, oh, well, no, the water he just, broke. He just like they just rolls to the bottom of the hill. This cliff. Like they would be dead. Neither of them has a scratch on them though. No, they're fine. They're totally fine. They're good at tumbling. So Flynn is continuing to try to evade the horse and he ends up finding the tower and he like he stumbles on the tower that apparently nobody else has stumbled onto just like this fucking it's it's like the flower but opposite come on people are looking for this princess and she's like literally next door like a a couple miles away yeah in a tower come on guys in the winter those vines are dead you're totally right like yeah we've got this we've got a real a real hit or miss with the royal guards here they're not very good. Maybe they should be retrained. So he he finds the tower and and he, he climbs up it. He manages to climb arrows. it with arrows. Like I don't he know. Stabs it into like the grout of the so or the either we bricks. Either we've got some serious titanium arrowheads, or this tower is falling apart. Well, we must assume, I suppose, that Gothel probably built this tower. Yeah. Or found this tower. So it's either a really fucking old tower. Yeah. Or a really shittily assembled tower. Right. So he climbs up. He's like, cool, this is a place where I can chill for a few minutes. And then he gets hit in the head with a a cast iron frying frying pan. That would kill you. It might not kill you, but you will certainly have brain injuries. You will have a TBI for sure, especially for if it happens sure. multiple times. Yeah, and he gets hit like three times in the course of yeah, this. Yeah, he gets hit a bunch of times. See, to be fair, though, like when Rapunzel smacks him with it and then she immediately starts like freaking out. That's legit. Oh, I would be terrified if That's I hit somebody response. with a frying pan. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I think I, talk, I talked about this in the Wally episode that I just listened to. I really hate the trope of somebody who's been isolated their whole life, falling in love with the first person they meet outside of their, I guess, bubble, tiny world. Tiny world. And here it is again. 
Here it is Here again. Here it is again. He is taken in by that pretty face. He is back and better than ever, baby. To be yeah, fair, though. Yeah, taken in. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, is he hot? Yes. Yes. Is he as hot as Robin Hood the fox? Nah, but he's still attractive. how in touch you are with your furry self. You just gotta be, you know, whoever's listening, just be who you are. You Do no harm. Like, you're gonna lean into the furry thing? All right. Be who you are. Um... Yeah, the it Mod happens. Mod. She sees him, and yeah, yeah. she yeah. she falls hook, line, and sinker. Oh yeah, this movie has some really great montage scenes. It does. It's just really fun. There's this. The first one here is when she's trying to get him into the cabinet. Yes, and he just keeps falling out. Like that yeah, like actually- this this man should have like spaghetti for brains right now. Yeah, seriously. Will actually laughed at that part. He just thought it was really funny, like because it kept it keeps going on. There's a lot of really great visual gags in this. Yeah, movie. good. Um, yeah, com- visual comedy. Yeah, they do a really good job with that. Gags. And so he finally gets in the cabinet and she sticks a chair under the handles and then she finds the tiara. Mm-hmm. Why does the chameleon know what a tiara is, but she doesn't? Well, she only has the three. Well, okay. First of all, this comes back to we don't know where Pascal comes from. Is she's Pascal only read She's only read three books. That's been cursed. Could be. I will accept that as why there is a chameleon in Germany. I don't see how those things are connected. Why would he be a chameleon? Why wouldn't they have, he have been turned into a native German, like a rabbit or something? I don't know. But I can accept he got turned into a chameleon and he's really a secret prince. Okay. But I don't know. Anyway. So Gothel comes back and she's got a surprise and it's fucking turnips, which is not a surprise. Turnips are the worst root vegetable. I love turnips. Don't get me I, wrong. Do you? I don't like turnips. turnips. Mm. Mm. I love mm. every root vegetable except turnips. Like I'll I eat love them, but all root vegetables. Mm. But so she's gonna make hazelnut soup, which sounds I would try it. Boring. I'd try it. Yeah. And then they get in a big old fight because Rapunzel wants to go see the floating lanterns. Yeah. Which Gothel tries to claim are stars, which is a real dumb claim when they move that much and are only there once a year. Right. And then they get in a fight. Mm-hmm. Argument. Argument. And then... She just makes her... She, uh, Gothel... Oh, wait, they thought about it before, didn't they? So she's this is Gothel coming back after the fight? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes, they thought about it before, and then Mother so, Gothel went to get something. I guess to get soup, because she's like a soup ingredients. Yeah. The gaslighting that they pulled off in this movie is wild. Yeah. Because her whole thing is, I hate leaving after a fight, especially when I've done nothing wrong. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Pretty good. Yikes. And then Rapunzel turns out to be a pretty good liar. Mm-hmm. And she decides to ask for paint because she knows it's going to take three days to go get these fucking shells to make the white paint that she wants. I never thought about paint being made from shells. Well, what did you but think I guess that makes sense. From? It's made from all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. So Gothel leaves again for her three-day trip to collect shells. And Rapunzel's like, all right, if I have three days, my my birthday's tomorrow, and these lanterns are happening tomorrow, and I want to go see what this is about, so I have some free reign. Better use this guy in my cabinet to get me there and back. What's up, cabinet guy? So she gets him out, and she wraps him in her hair, and she's, like, hiding up in the rafters, and yeah, she's threatening him with the frying, frying pan. pan. Flynn, ever the opportunist, is just, that's the whole, may I just say, hi. Yeah, he's shooting his shot. I respect that. <laughs> he's literally tied up in hair. I mean, my man's got to do what he's got to do. Oh, and then I just thought that was funny. She's, he goes, he's calling her Blondie and whatnot, and she goes, Rapunzel. And he goes, says, Gesundheit. Yeah. <laughs> Which was funny. Zachary Levi's acting is really good. Like, his quips are really natural. Like, they, they just sound like a you know, normal and I think part of a conversation. We have to give some credit to whoever did the editing on this because mm-hmm. it is really just quick witted. There's no like waiting between, like, waiting to let it. It's like, it's just, it's, yeah. It's funny. It's funny yeah. as hell. And one of the things, because I did read about it, is they were trying to kind of ride on the success of Shrek and that more like irreverent, sarcastic style of film. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I like Shrek. Yeah. 
Can she actually talk to Pascal? It seems like she can communicate with him. But this is the only scene where it happens because she's like conferring with him about what's going right. on. Right. And like she seems to be having like an actual conversation. So that was Yeah. Cool. I don't know. This is giving some more weight to your Curse Prince theory. Curse Prince theory. I'm going with it. Pascal. You know? Curse Prince. She tells him that she'll let him go and give him the tiara back if he yes. takes her to, to see, see the, the lanterns. lanterns. And he was like, okay, I guess so. So she gets out of the tower for the first time Ever. that she's been out of the tower since she was a baby and she has another really fucking funny montage very funny montage very funny montage of her very being existential crisis hilarious really montage. excited and then really guilty and feeling like she has to take care of herself and then she's she's breaking to break her mother's heart and uh it was it was very funny and during every <laughs> during every scene flynn is just kind of slightly in the background looking like what have i gotten myself into super over all of it yeah and just kind of like letting her have her freakouts as they come and finally when she's like sobbing in i think she's like sitting by a river and she's crying and he's just yeah. like you seem like you're really at war with yourself here so and it's just really i just thought that that part's funny it's a yeah and that's a, when he amusing... also pulls out the forbidden road trip which is a f- really funny term to me is that why does he say that yeah he says a f- forbidden road trip <laughs> Yeah. So he's like, look, I know it'll make you feel better. Let's go. Let's go get something to eat. And he's trying to just like get her to go back to the tower because he doesn't want to deal with this. He's he doesn't want to deal with babysitting. He's trying to scare her. So he's like, all right, we're going to go to this place called the Snuggly Duckling. It's totally and, up your alley. It's just totally, your style. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a duckling? And it is a pub and it's filled with salacious characters. Ruffians. Ruffians. And then we get another solid song. We get another great song. I've Got a Dream. She appeals to their humanity and they all sing a song. And I've Got a Dream. It's Brad Garrett is in it. Jeffrey Tambor it's just it? it's so great it's a great song it's hilarious it's it's just a really funny song i think part of what i really love about this song is that none of it is at like a joke at their expense it's all like these are guys who really enjoy this stuff this yeah, guy bakes yeah. this guy does interior design this guy wants mm-hmm. to be a mime and none of it's like shaming them for wanting those things no it's all like you know what live your best life bros yeah totally no it's a it's a great song it's a great um, song and it has again more com- good comedic timing moments yeah There's some pretty impressive piano playing with a hook. Yeah, that can't be easy. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's impossible. (laughs) Playing the left-handed part of a piano with a hook is... uh, I bet somebody's on it. Probably. It's a big old world out there. I suppose. If you can send us a video of someone playing with a hook, I would appreciate it because I want to see it. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, guys. I do love the trope of the sunshine peppy girl finding common ground with the ruffians, though. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's just a fun... I like like, that. I mean, she is a badass. So it makes sense. Yeah. So we talked they, about they earlier. They sing their though. song, mm-hmm. and then the guy that they sent off to find the guards comes back with the guards because he missed the "I Have a Dream" song. Do you think the movie would have been different if he'd been a part of that song? Well, probably the guards wouldn't have showed up. They all would have just found a common ground. They would have. The guards come in with the Stabbington brothers and mm-hmm. Rapunzel and Flynn are behind the bar. Where is her seventy feet of hair at this point? Is she not holding it? No, not oh, yet. I don't know. But Big Hook Guy shows them the secret exit, so they go out the tunnel. Through this the secret tap. Snuggly ducking. Yeah. Yeah. With the secret tap with the duck on it. That was funny. They like escape into the sewers, basically. Yeah. And then the guard comes in, they're like, Where is he? And then they try to pretend that the drunken little angel guy is it's a good guy. Flynn Rider. And it, they're obviously like this bullshit. And then Maximus shows up and apparently is also a sniffing dog horse. Yeah, he wears a lot of hats, Maximus. A lot of hats, I think. And he finds the secret exit tunnel and then the guard leaves the Stabbington brothers 
in a pub full of ruffians they're with fine. one guard. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're not. They the get, guards, the guards fucked. The guards but. fucked. They get out, they follow them all down the tunnel, and you have the note here that the Stabbington brothers are the Weasley twins on steroids. I love them. It's legit. It's great. And so they're running, and they get down the tunnel, and the guard shows up, and then there's the whole, like, fight scene over some unexpected cavern, and... There is the uh, a part where Flynn is sword fighting with Maximus, and he says, I just want you to know that this is the strangest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it's just like little, it's like lines like that. Yeah. It's just, the writing is just like really top notch. It just it really, was incredibly it's really top-notch. great and delivered so organically. Because, yeah. yeah, we sure, you're, you're sword fighting a horse. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It. It's ridiculous. But so then the Maximus ends up destroying the dam, and they're running from this water that's coming at them. And this is like, the thing that I notice is that, this is where you start to see that Flynn is starting to become a good person or trying yeah. to like, so he started, he helps her pick up all of her hair yeah. to go running, which I thought was yeah. cute. Yeah, this is when he starts becoming cute. He starts becoming cute. So they break down this dam and there's this huge flood. And I was like, this dam was here for a reason. This is what is this is like going to damage the local like ecology. So Connor had the same exact comment yeah. when we were watching it. He's like, they probably destroyed a town by breaking this dam. Yes, they did. I am going to take the opposite st- stance here and say that they were simply restoring nature to its intended route. I don't think that that's no, I'm I Dams never say this, natural. but I'm definitely with Connor on this one. <laughs> Like Dams he and I are not are... natural. No, that's true. Neither are glasses. Well, who's wearing the glasses right now? Only you. Oh, you hush up, you! <laughs> How dare you! So they end up in the cave, and the water's flooding in, and. They're, they're trapped, and they're trapped. this is it. They're going to die. This is how they're going to die. And, and it's... Flynn reveals that his name is actually Eugene Fitzherbert. It's very Jewish. Very. I like it. And Rapunzel's like, I have magic hair that glows. Yeah, they're like confessing secrets yeah. to each other. So she activates her hair, and they're able to find a way out, and it's all very overwhelming. And something I like about Rapunzel is that she's very in touch with her feelings. Yes, she cries a lot and like usually Disney princesses like to throw themselves onto whatever yeah. rock or bed or just bench then just weep lounge. for a little bit. But but Rapunzel, she she does the whole body. She cries very realistically. She does. And it happens pretty often. So I think she's pretty in touch with her. Crying is rarely feelings. a pretty occurrence. No, it's not. I look oh, I don't know. I look like I just finished puking every time I cry. Yeah. And it's like not a fucking good. tomato. It's awful. Yeah. Yep. So Flynn cuts his hand while they're escaping, so she fixes it with her hair. And I really love the animation they have of that the magic goes down yeah. her hair. I thought that was a really cool thing. Activates from her scalp. And she tells him, don't freak out, which is like 100% guaranteed going to make somebody freak out. You don't say that. You don't say just, that. Just be like, all right, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix it. Maybe close your eyes. Close your eyes. Yeah, just, just keep them closed. Let me do this. Yeah. Oh, I'll be fine. This was just another scene where Zachary Levi's acting just made me laugh. Yeah. With his not freaking out. Is not, not freaking, freaking out. out. So this is what he goes off to get more firewood and right. Gothel shows up with the satchel and the tiara and yeah. says, this boy doesn't love you, which is, you know what? Gothel's right. You've known this guy she for is. like six hours. He's not necessarily I, the one you should throw your life away for this it's weird because i feel like there really hadn't been any romantic anything with the two of them so i felt like that line was kind of delivered out of nowhere where she's like oh mom i think he likes me i'm like i haven't really picked up on any cues one way or another at this point no you know what i mean yeah i feel like it was one of those things where like well we've got to have a romance yeah gotta make it a I romance mean, it, it works but i just feel like it was really 
it does kind of feel like almost like a little bit of a 180 into the romance. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe the maybe the the real name confession stirred something yeah, within her. Maybe. She's also like 18 and sheltered and has no idea of anything in the world, so Right. She could just be reading all the signals wrong. Again, my one of my least favorite tropes. Least favorite tropes. Falling in love with somebody you just met. Yeah. So Gothel leaves because she's trying to prove a point and Flynn comes back and she doesn't give him the tiara. She's hidden the tiara. She's hidden it. Hidden it. It's hidden. Keeping secrets. And then they make it to the town. They make it to the town and the town is getting ready for this big lantern birthday. So they celebrate the birthday of the lost princess every year by releasing lanterns. And it's like a whole festival. They show up and there's vendors and there's dancing and everyone's having a great time and they're painting on the street. And I'm like, this is a surprisingly fun ass festival for such a terribly sad purpose which is probably good yeah i guess like when they do get to the lantern scene like the king and queen are appropriately upset by the day yeah, they're grieving but, but like you can't ask your people to be heartbroken and upset every year for 18 years about right it. you you have to at some point you have to start dealing with your you shit you gotta move on mm-hmm and then, so there's the little girls at the fountain braiding each other's hair, and I think, yeah. I like, this is one of the things that I really liked, is that we didn't get just Rapunzel running around the town with her 70-foot hair without any issues. Like, she steps yeah, into the town, it. and she immediately is getting, like, stepped on and tripping people, and mm-hmm. it's just immediate. So Flynn has the little girls braid her hair, and I think this was, like, the coolest fun scene. Yeah, that was really fun. All the little girls just, like, going nuts braiding her hair. Yeah, they all, like, lose their minds. They literally, they're like, holy shit, look at all that hair. Mm-hmm. But they also don't question, they're like, yeah, 70 feet of hair we're gonna braid the shit out of that hell yeah no problem. kids love a challenge and then they we see we get another montage scene of this festival how yeah. does she know the dance that they're doing in the square i don't know maybe pascal taught her maybe pascal from, from his her. days at court maybe and they do like the dancing and there's chalk drawings and they find time to sit in like a library and read books they're having a great they're having a great day they're having, having a, a great, great day fucking time and then Everyone's like, oh, time to get to the boats. Yeah, so everyone goes, I think he rents it. How are there any boats available on this day where everyone goes on a fucking boat? Maybe he stole it. He's a thief. So So, out on the water. Yeah, they're out hanging out on the water because they wanted the best scene. And then everybody releases lanterns. And there's like thousands and thousands of lanterns being released into the sky. It's a beautiful scene. It is a really beautifully animated scene. And then. And then. She's like all wi- even wider eyed than usual, looking up, and she's like blown away. And then she looks down, and he has two lanterns. He got and surprise her. I was like, this is when I was like, I love him. He's a thief with a heart of gold. He's so cute. One other thing that I thought was super cute that I noticed when I watched it today is while they're waiting for the lanterns to go up, she's like putting some flowers into the water, mm-hmm. and he's just like holding him for her and handing him to her like one by one. That's really sweet. That's Super like cute. really, if it hadn't been a day, it's like that's really um, an, an accurate portrayal of like that kind of intimacy. Right. Like when you really care about someone, you do things for them because they're Without thinking, you it. just do it. Like she's having fun putting flowers in the water. What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and hold those flowers for her. I, I mean, almost every night I put my feet in Will's lap and I get a foot rub. Yeah. Like it's just something that you do. It's I'm sure do. he doesn't love doing it, but he doesn't. So then we get the beautiful scene and the song that won all the awards and it's very pretty. It is a very pretty song. And then he's about to kiss her and he sees the Stabbington brothers. He sees the cock-blocking Stabbington brothers. Cock-blocking Stabbington brothers. And a couple of dickwads. And so he takes the boat over to the dark side of the river where no Mm -hmm. one is. Because he wants to give them the tiara and be like, I'm out, I'm done. 
I would have been like, fuck you guys. I'm going back to the castle now and not dealing with you guys. Yeah. But so but... he goes, he tries to be, because apparently he's having a turn of heart and he's going to be yeah. good now. And he tries to give them the thing. They're like, ha, fuck that. We want the girl. Because they've yeah. been in cahoots with Gothel the whole yeah. time now. She's a bitch. Seriously. God, she's awful. Selling out her own fake daughter. So it kind of cuts there and then we get to Rapunzel kind of hanging out and waiting by the boat. And she's nervous. She's nervous. She's a shadow coming through the fog. And it's she thinks it's Flynn, but it turns out to be one of the Stabbington brothers. And this is something that I, I realized today. I never assumed that he had like actually run off with the crown. You thought that? No, I never did. But that's no, what I never say, did. Is like, oh, he took the crown. So it never. I was never like, oh no, why would Flynn do that? I was like, no, he didn't. That's stupid. Yeah. So the Stallion brothers try to take Rapunzel. Flynn has been knocked out. God, this poor guy has got to have serious brain issues. <laughs> he's been knocked this out. This poor again. man, or he's got some kind of like I don't know steel plate in his head that's this absorbing all the impact. This many repetitive concussions in like a two day period. He's gonna be forget healthy. how to read. He's gonna forget how to live he's gonna be a vegetable soon oh no so he's tied to Flynn. a boat he's going off so they can be like look there he goes with your crown and then they start I like to how take- I, i'm sorry in that scene because you, you see like a shot from the back of him being in the boat yeah. you can see like ropes or he's tied into place yeah it's very silly it's funny so the Stabbington brothers start to take Rapunzel, and then Gothel shows up and saves the day. And then we don't see the Stabbington brother again for a while. Gas lighter. Gas, Gas lighter. Lighter. Such, this is, is such a bitch. Awful manipulation. Horrible. And so she takes Rapunzel back to the tower, and they undo the braid from her hair, which must just take ages. Yep. And then Rapunzel is sad and lying on her bed, and she still has the little cloth in her hand that Flynn got her that has the symbol of their kingdom little, on it. A little banner that has this, like, sun a symbol sun on it. She's looking their at it. insignia. And she suddenly realizes that she has painted this symbol over and over and over. Light bulb. Epiphany moment. She, yeah, I, I wrote, I wish that I have an epiphany like that at some point Seriously, in my life ever. Right? But yeah, you. it's actually really um, interesting how they did it because they filmed from her point of view looking up because she's painted all over the walls and the ceiling of this whole tower and seeing this symbol pop up everywhere and like not necessarily even as a sun. It's like the center of a flower. Right. It's, it's just um, sort it's of negative space. In everything that she's In done. everything. It's pretty and then, wild. And then there's a, a she has a flashback to looking up like in her bassinet yeah of a mobile that had this symbol on it yeah and she sees the king and the queen and she flashes back yeah. to seeing the mural in the town when she was there of the lost yeah. princess so she just like suddenly she's like oh she's my like, god clicks i'm, the, I'm princess. the princess holy shit i had that epiphany when i was a kid and nobody believed me well, I mean, if you can give us some proof, maybe we will. Here I am now. So she comes out and she confronts Gothel. Mm-hmm. And Gothel's the worst, as always. Yeah, she's pretty bad. First she's like, you're crazy, you're wrong, what are you talking about, be quiet. And she, does she tie her up right away? Because she kind of, she kind of does eventually admit like, all right, you figured it out. Well, guess what? Now you're just my straight up prisoner now. No more Mr. Nice Stepmom. <laughs> So then we cut to Flynn, who is in prison, and he's getting taken to the gallows to be hung. He's gonna be fucking hung, you guys. Hung. Like they're gonna kill. This they're is gonna... a this is a dark moment in dark Disney AF. movies. And so he's walking past, and he sees the Stabbington brothers, and he escapes his guards to go and ask them what happened to Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, Gothel came or whatever," and the old lady. Her mom came and got her. The old lady came and got her, and he realizes that she's in serious trouble, and he's like flipping out but like really dude what do you think you're gonna do like you're literally on your way you're he's dead. just panicking 
working, yeah. And then there it is, sitting in there the window. Is. A tiny little ceramic unicorn. That's a cute little throwback to I that, too. I thought that was a really inspired mm-hmm. use of the ceramic unicorn. Tiny one. Tiny ceramic unicorn. Mm-hmm. So he gets saved by all the ruffians who come in to... The snuggly ducklings. From the snuggly duckling. Yeah. I really love the tiny drunk ruffian. Yeah, he's the best. Like a little cherub. Password. <laughs> When he asked for the password over and over again. He is funny. So, and it turns out that Maximus got the ruffians there to help save him. He's How a bro. Did a horse convince a bunch of bad guys to come to the castle? Well, maybe Maximus is a prince who's been cursed too. <laughs> I don't know. He's definitely anthropomorphized. What happens to all the ruffians once they get Flynn Rider out? I assume that they all got executed. I assumed that there were many gallows used that day. Yeah, they're all dead. (laughs) It's a high body count in this movie. So Flynn and Maximus go running to the tower. He does the iconic let down your hairline. And yeah, but it happens. Hair comes out and he climbs up it and Rapunzel is tied up and Gothel is there and she straight up stabs a bitch. She fucking shanks this guy right in the stomach. Like shanks him and then pulls it out and there's no blood on the knife. There's no blood. And that's when Will was like, how come there's no blood on the knife? That was the first thing I was like, why is there no blood? There's no blood. You stabbed a guy in the kidney. You missed him. You missed him. You didn't Uh, stab him. How many people actually get killed in Disney movies? Like intentionally killed, not like fall off a tower or... Oh, I don't like, think attack anyone. with the intent because like I'm trying to think of things and like everything like they're all accidents. Snow White, the she gets killed by a boulder, but that's not like killed like Clayton and Tarzan is accidentally hung by vines. Gaston falls off the tower. Right. So like there's no one that's like actually like stabbed. And I can't even think like I don't think anybody's I don't think that there's ever been a I mean the beast and murder. Gaston have a big old fight, but like that's Yeah, but he lets him go. That's the whole point is that he lets him yeah. go. Ursula is impaled by a ship. But again, that was kind of well, I suppose it wasn't really accidental. No, Eric was steering it. He killed okay, her. Okay, so let me rephrase my question then. How many protagonists are attacked with the intent to kill or are killed? That's a great question. I don't know that I can think of any other one. I don't think really any are. of them. Because they just don't, like, you don't stab your main fucking characters. Hmm. Until now. Until now. Until now. Groundbreaking. There's also no blood on the floor. Like, there should have been a lot, like, a puddle of blood under this guy. Yes. So that was the thing that we were the most confused about as we watched it. And then she tells Gothel, if you let me save him, I will go with you and I will do whatever you want. And Gothel's like, cool. That sounds Fine. great. Go nuts. Fine. So there's this whole scene. She, she runs goes over, over to him. And, and just trying to get her hair onto him to heal him. And he pulls the ultimate, like, savior card and chops he her hair fucking off. Fucking chops her hair off it's into an impossibly cute bob with a piece of broken glass. I will say that the bob is not very even. I'm going to give them this one. It's That's kind good. of an uneven bob. Considering her hair does not grow after it's cut, she's going to have to be really careful. Right. Like, be careful with how you cut it from here. Right. Yeah, so her power is rendered useless, and he sacrificed himself to save her, which is a real G-move. It's very G-move. And Gothel, once the hair loses its power, shrivels into nothing. Because she's hundreds of years old, so she ages in a few seconds, and she falls out of the window of the tower, and she just literally dissolves into a puff of dust, which is how I want to go. She's gone forever, right? Like, that's great. No one has to deal with anything. You suffered for, like, ten seconds. It doesn't matter. You're going to be dead in the end anyway. 
Yeah. And so and now and this is where the blood is because she looks at his wound. There's a little and he, tiny there is bit blood, of blood spreading on. Yeah, and we think that shirt. that's we think that that's why it's PG. That that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Probably the, yeah the stabbing and that. And so one of the things and this is one of my animation notes is as he's going like the light in the room just becomes really desaturated like it becomes yes gloomy and dark and gray and I thought it was a really great animation thing and then she's crying over him and they have the beautiful you were my new dream lines. It's <laughs> Will did I I he said that and I went <gasps> and Will goes what do you say he said <laughs> he said you're my new dream. <laughs> I just started fangirling at yeah. this point. And so Rapunzel is crying and she cries and she's trying to sing the song, hoping that something happens. And lo and behold, her one tear lands on his cheek. And absorbs. And they absorbs and the mm-hmm. magic happens. And this occurred to me today when I was watching it. Is Rapunzel a Time Lord? Um, to, Because that just... feels a lot like the Time Lord regenerations. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Could that potentially explain Pascal? Maybe. Maybe he's from a different dimension. Maybe he's from a I, different dimension. My notes about this were when she's crying, her eyes actually become red. Yeah, which and that is, was with the king too. When the king is crying, you can see it in yes. his eyes. And that's been so. That's something I really hate about animation, is particularly this kind of animation that is so like, um, as we were saying earlier, it isn't quite as nuanced as like Pixar is. Yeah, just from like a creative decision that they made, having your eyes just be white and black and whatever your iris color is is really annoying to me it's not realistic so the fact that her eyes actually became kind of pink as she was crying yeah i was something that i appreciated i also said this kind of reminded me a little bit of monsters inc in that at the end when they realized that spoilers if you haven't seen monsters inc that laughter is much more effective yes at creating energy than screams like you could have just been like i don't know spitting on people or crying on them (laughs) and it would have worked a lot better than singing into your hair Right. The hair thing is weird. There had to have been better ways to do it. Yeah, the hair thing is really weird. And is it just her head hair? Ooh, solid question. Like her little do arm the hairs? match the drapes? Armpit hair? Armpit Dare hair? we say her pubic hair? Dare we say it? <laughs> Does it all glow? I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Didn't mm-hmm. think about that before now. Thanks for putting mm-hmm. that in my head. You're welcome. <laughs> so Flynn is alive again. They Presumably embrace. this magic is gone. Is it a one and done? I don't know. So like, cause it's, it's the queen drinks the flower tea and passes that power on to Rapunzel. Theoretically, she has none of that sun power. Yeah. It appears to be mostly in Rapunzel's hair. Also, apparently, maybe her tears. Keratin absorption. I think we're thinking too hard about this magic. Yeah, probably. This is what we call pulling. This is the pulling at the threads part of the podcast. Pulling at the threads part of the podcast. So Flynn and Rapunzel go back to the castle and the king and the queen are alerted to it. And they just like accept it straight up. Like, oh, yep, that's our daughter. Yeah. A mother knows, (laughs) Jesse. I wouldn't know. A mother knows. I (laughs) I would. Does Rapunzel have an actual name? Lettuce. Presumably speaking, the king and queen did not name her Rapunzel. No, they said that they did. Did they? No, I think Flynn he says, says that they. That, but yeah, that's Flynn what he says, and they named it. her Rapunzel. Did he? I didn't think so. I think so. so. Okay. Who names their fucking kid Lettuce? Never mind. I just remember Gwen Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow and Apple. I knew a guy named Kale. Oh, I guess people. Well, do yeah, name it was Bradshaw's friend, Kale, that annoying guy. Nope, no memory of that. So we get the end narration from Eugene, mm-hmm. and he's talking about how they all live happily ever after. Blah da da da. They got married. We're anxious to a wedding. 
they she proposed he proposes, but they don't actually see the wedding yet. That's there actually, is a wedding. There is a it, short of that that I think was yeah. before Frozen. I think it was. Yeah, it was the short of the wedding. Yeah. I also feel like the king and queen were in Frozen. Rapunzel and Eugene are. Oh, they are. Okay. They're running. They're walking through like the town scene and Frozen. Okay. They're just visiting. They're just visiting. So then, is he the king? Does he become king later? How does that work? Or does he become the just prince? Prince. Like, like, like uh, Philip. Philip. Yeah. So everyone lives happily ever after, and then we get like the cutest end credit animations. I love them so much. It is. I. It's very original. It's very original. The end credits were done by. I'm hoping I'm saying this correctly. I meant to watch an interview with him, and I didn't. Shai Yoon Kim. He mm-hmm. was a character designer for Disney. Okay. So that's why, like, if you look at like, and I think he did a number of things for Frozen as well, but like the character design stuff, and I just, I, I fucking love these animations like in the end credits. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, like when you watch credits, if you watch through credits all the way to the end, usually, like especially on films that take a long time, you'll have a production babies section where like all the yes. babies that were born that yeah. year. So this one has production babies, and yes. then below it, it has chameleon kids. Oh, and Connor and I are going, "What is chameleon kids? What is what could this possibly be? Is it yeah. kids that weren't born yet that were part of the like parents were part of the production or something or what?" I can't and believe you watched the credits all the way to the end. They were You're really cute as hell. To this. All right, I really liked the credits. <laughs> Anyway, so we're looking at these chameleon kids and we're like, what is it? And then we start looking at the names. And the names are things like Bitey, Tungbert, and Mr. Sticky. And then we realize it's pets. Oh. We think that they're like new pets in the production. I want to meet Mr. Sticky. I want to know what Tungbert is. Yeah. But I, all enough. I have are more questions now. <laughs> right? But I thought it was super cute that they had the Mr. chameleon Sticky. Kids. <laughs> Mr. Sticky. Because we're looking at I was like, what are these? And we're like, wait, nobody names their kid Bitey. What is some, this? Some guy just had a baby and named his kid Bitey. Like, why? He's just biting <laughs> shit. Didn't know what else to call him. Oh, that's funny. Uh, as far as adaptations go, in the true fashion of everything now, there was a video game. Everything hmm. has a video game, though, so mm-hmm. whatever. I didn't look into it more than beyond that. There's apparently a TV series. It it popped up after we finished watching it on Disney Plus as an option. She has long hair in the TV series, like the long I'm, blonde I'm hair. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch a couple episodes and see what, what's Please up with it. Please let me know, because I'm trying to figure out how they squeezed three seasons out of a movie that takes place over three days. Right. Was it like, three seasons? Wow. Yeah, there are three seasons of it. There's like 24 episode seasons. That's amazing. You're in for a long haul. Please report back on what you find. Jeez, I might have really. Um, but what like, I, what have she's I done? got long blonde hair, right? Um, yeah, in the still I saw, yes. And I, I turned, like, I put on the first episode just to be like, does she have long hair? Or does she just get it? No, she starts off with this long blonde hair in the castle, which that didn't happen. So how? <sighs> I have issues with this TV series. Clearly. Clearly. It doesn't work. Oh, Mandy Moore and Zachary Levy were in this. We're on the show. Were they? Because there was two things. There's the Beyond Ever After, which is like a one hour little short thing, I think. No, this is Rapunzel Tangled Adventure. Oh, yeah. Were they? Because it didn't sound like them when I was in it. Maybe they just Voices did a little... Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi. Huh. Interesting. Huh. I don't know. It was weird. I can't, I'm trying to figure out what they even do. Because like, there's they add like a whole bunch of characters and they go on adventures. Like, how? And then I think this is one movie that we might never see a sequel on, mm-hmm. which is cool. Apparently, there was a lot of push from executives for a sequel. But when they tried to come up with one, they realized that she cut her hair. It's over. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, right. Apparently, Disney Animation under Lasseter, it was the filmmakers that decided if a sequel would happen or not, and not marketing or merchandising, which is impressive considering that so many things are based on how much money can you make. Well, yeah, especially dis- fucking Disney. Fucking Disney. Yeah. 
I'm looking on the show's Wikipedia, and I have the very exciting announcement that there is a whole episode dedicated to Pascal's backstory. Yes! So I'm going to watch this because my friend I was supposed to see today just canceled on me. Oh, no. So my whole afternoon is free. Okay. So I'm going to be an adult and watch this show for children. <laughs> Sounds well, great. I wait for my boyfriend to get home with Thai food. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else? What would you rate this? I would rate this 8 out of 10 tiny ceramic unicorns. I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 cursed princes disguised as chameleons. It was a solid movie. I really like this one. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, I was... It, so it came out in 2010. We didn't really talk about this, I suppose. So, you know, I was 20-something by that point. 10 years ago. How old are you now? Oh, it was only 10 years ago. Oh, my man. So I was 24. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not like I have some, like, childhood memory side to this, but, it, like... Yeah, so, I was like, 23. Abby was two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, two or three years old, we watched a lot of Tangled. I'll bet. A lot of Tangled. Thank you for listening to Where the People Aren't and our episode about Tangled. If we wildly fuck something up, please let us know. If you just disagree with us, we don't actually care. Sorry. I mean, you can email us or add us on Twitter and... Yeah, tweet at us. I don't use it, but Jesse does. Yeah, get into a fight with Jesse on Twitter. I want somebody to get in a fight with me on Twitter. Nobody ever. I just want to fight somebody. Coming in my work without a mask, I'll fucking fight you. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPA Pod. We also have a Gmail account with the same name. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thanks. I'm very sorry that you It know. tastes like pie. We think a lot of things taste like pie. Maybe I haven't had pie in a long time, so things just taste like pie. I mean, to be fair, the key lime LaCroix and the limoncello do taste like pie. It tastes like pie. They taste like pie, and it's fucking amazing. You don't think drinking pie would be good, but it is. But it is. Stunningly. Those folks at LaCroix have nailed it. <laughs>